Buju, Tansegia. Hey, how are you? It's a smudge for your thoughts. With kisses. And Zosha. Wow. <laughs> I really ramped up that enthusiasm there. I expect yeah. it back. So uh, in today's episode, we are interviewing one of my friends, Jesse. I met him in college. Um, he's a great guy. Uh, this is a great episode. We talk about some uh, awesome things, some uh, <laughs> very enlightening things. You get to uh, learn about language. You get to learn about... Ledger art. Ledger art. Yes, you get to learn about that. I was trying to go back and forth, but you you, were, you weren't uh, oh. playing along. So I didn't know that's what you were doing. <laughs> it's all it's it's good. It's fine. I mean, I did say something. Yeah. So um, we get to talk uh, about staying balanced and grateful in your life, and yeah, um, and we get to talk about military. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen; it's really good. Yeah. I hope you enjoy. It's gonna be a good one. All right. See you on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, we'll start off this here with uh, our first question. So what is your name? Where are you from? And how do you identify yourself? Uh, your tribe, uh, nation, band, citizen of, or however you identify. Right. Okay. Um Scappy P Kanye means exigates the P uh Sinax P um is still again the Skandagisnip and the T Boxin. Yeah, and Chikoi, Sita Botak, Iteka Kya Kyopi Desk Sinimats Kyop Kyop Kitesk Sinimats Kyop. Um Desk Sinimats uh Mixio Nti Boxin, Miximatapio. Hello and welcome. Thank you all for letting me join you guys. Uh, my name is Jesse DeRozier. I wanted to greet in Blackfoot. I think it's always uh, good starting things in the language. You know, it brings a little bit more balance to this crazy world we're in, right? Mm -hmm. um, but Jesse DeRozier, I'm from uh, Browning, Montana, Blackfeet Preservation. I'm Blackfeet, member of the Blackfeet tribe, Southern Pagan. Um, I'm also part Grovon Ani, uh, as well as in Colville, German, French, Irish, Mutt, you know, mm -hmm. a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I based, I mostly identify with Blackfoot because that's where I grew up and that's been my primary focus in life is understanding the language, culture, teaching, preserving, and being a part of it. Nice. Tony describes himself as a mutt as well. <laughs> yeah, purebred mutt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I really uh, loved hearing it first in your 
language. So that was beautiful. Uh, what do you do for a living, Jesse, or passion or hobby or all mm-hmm. of the above in multitudes? Well, you know, I think uh, I'm fortunate enough to be in a career where I'm passionate about it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think if you're uh, not passionate in your career, you're wasting your time almost, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, no amount of money will make you happy. Mm-hmm. So. I'm a language teacher, so I'm involved in uh, language learning, language revitalization. That's my primary um, job, I guess. I teach at the Immersion School in Browning, the Pagan Institute, co-founded by the late Daryl Kipp. I was a product of that school. Um, I graduated there when I was a young boy and on high school, military and college got a bachelor's degree and i also teach at the community college in browning uh, blackfeet community college um, and besides that i do uh, some artwork me and my wife both do artwork um i said i do ledger art and, and she does a lot of beadwork crafting and things like that so that's my my passions and hobbies i guess i'm a i'm a husband and a father of four children so that's my other passion and hobby is mm-hmm. raising those kids you know right. now uh you said that you do ledger art uh there are some people on that won't know what that oh, is could true. you describe what ledger art is for sure so you know plains tribes and i can mostly speak specifically on blackfoot people the origin of ledger art historically we recorded our history through winter counts um on hides using uh, pictographs and you see similar ones carved in a rock or petroglyphs and things like that. But our pictographs were painted on hide and it would depict the year's events. And every uh, year in our new year's ceremony, which is the uh, Okan in the summertime, the storytellers of each band would relate the stories of what happened that year. And they would keep these hides, you know, and then in the late 1800s, the, the, you know, annihilation of the buffalo from the government and railroads, my people started to realize their culture changing. My people really identify as a buffalo culture. But once the buffalo were going extinct and we were no longer hunting, they said, well, our history has stopped. We will no longer tell our stories through these buffalo robes. Now, later with trade uh, and boarding schools, what became popular was this ledger art where people would depict their war accounts or war deeds, mostly men on ledgers. And then students who were taken or stolen from their homes and brought to boarding schools would draw on these ledger papers. Um, and it became a fascination for many, seeing how the the, the life changed of Blackfoot people from contemporary war art, buffalo hunting to modern houses, cows, things like that. But a lot of people still use that in a storytelling way, and it's become very popular in the late 80s, 90s, through artists like Terrence Garipi, um, recently John Pepian, you know. But a lot of Plains artists, excuse me, a lot of Plains artists use those um, and use them currently for storytelling as well as, um, you know, expressing your your inner spirit through art, I guess. Mm-hmm. I know that you uh, sell your art on. Uh, oh yeah. So and you you actually said that, but um, can you 
tell our audience like where to find, yeah. where to buy your art and where to see it and uh, mm-hmm. experience that that whole culture right there. Yeah, come by my house. No, I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Highway Two. I gotta stand. No. Um, so my art name, you know, they, it's interesting. I, I got a business account when I worked for Tipo on the Blackfeet Res. So I use that. My my business name is Pikani Boy. P-I-K-U-N-I Boy Media. Um, and if you're going to write a check out to me, don't write it out to that name because I realized I need a business account <laughs> to catch a check in that name recently. Okay. But anyway, on Instagram, Pikani Boy Media is... Um, where I post a lot of my artwork. Um, I do have one on Facebook as well, but mostly active on Instagram. And uh, I have a email account number I, I can put in my bio if anybody's yeah. interested in looking at the art that way. You know, but awesome. Well, thanks for that that history yeah. lesson right there and uh, giving us a little bit of background on that kind of artwork. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we touch a, a little bit about uh, uh, on this next question? We want to touch on. Um, is uh, what inspires you to do what you're doing? What in, what inspires you to uh, teach your language? What inspires you to do your artwork? And good question. Um, you know, I'll start with language, and this goes back before me, before I was alive. You know, all of us are here as indigenous people because of the resilience and the prayers and strength of our ancestors, right? So. I don't believe that anything is um, coincidence or for no reason. But how I got involved with language, I've always had a deep interest. But the late Daryl Kipp, um, in the 80s, he, he graduated from Harvard. He's from my reservation in Browning. But he had a wild and crazy dream to teach children their language. you know. And mind you, 1978, the Freedom of Religion Act was when boarding schools closed. So a lot of our community was very apprehensive on teaching children language. They didn't understand why, you know, and a lot of them had a lot of fear at the government, what they would do. Uh, But he pushed forward and he, he created this school. Um, And I'm a product of that. And because of the, the gift that I received through that in understanding who I was as an indigenous person, as a Blackfoot, you know, it really, rooted me into um it really grounded me into my roots you know so with that gift the only way i can truly thank him and for that was to pass it on and continue it you know so i continue to learn and pass that on because it's really something as indigenous people really displaced you know so having an understanding of who you are you're really um able to do anything you want you know um you're really able to see the world in a way that's not shaped by government borders or lines you know so the reason i do that is to is to share that gift you know that our people have always had for thousands of years something that we're all entitled to but we can't just go to a store and buy it we can't mm-hmm. go to the government and get it from them it, it has to come from within us you know and then artwork, artwork has always been a passion of mine, you know. And in Blackfoot, there's no word for art. Um, and if you look at Blackfoot teepees, they were painted. Liners were painted. Our clothes were decorated. You know, before beadwork, we used quills. You know, we always had artwork on us, around us, 
within us are ceremonial objects or decorated and beautiful, you know, mm -hmm. but we never had a word for art because, you know, I think artwork is truly an expression of your spirit coming out, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and ever since I was a kid, I always liked to make things, create things with my pen and paper, you know, I was always getting in trouble in school mm -hmm. for not listening and doodling, but, you know, it was always my way of, you know, expressing myself and passing time, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. became something now that supports my family too. I mean, but it's always just been a hobby and something to, um, to express myself, I guess. Yeah. Thank you for that. So like the fact that in, you said in the like late seventies, right. Is when, uh, Daryl Kipp decided to, or had that dream and to eighties um, or the eighties. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was, it's, you know, at that time, like how you're explaining it, like sounds like without this revitalization from like Daryl Kipp and other people that are brave to enough to make sure that the culture was carried on. It sounds like it could have been very well been, you know, just, you know, buried and like lost, you know, kind of, it, you know, so it's like really good. Like, I mean, it's amazing work that you are doing and that he did because I mean, a, a lot of people were like afraid, to, you know, because of what, all, what the government did and is still mm -hmm. doing. So it's really amazing work that you do to pass it on, like that any person is doing to pass on their culture. So I guess that wasn't really a question. It was just a comment on what you said. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's in Blackfoot, perspective it's different we don't think about what if you know oh, we true. just know what what happened you know yeah but um it is important any anybody involved in language can tell you how it's it's very rewarding to see kids speak yeah. the language you know but it's it's been a great impact on our community these past 30 years since our school we've seen even the public schools adopt immersion programs That's you know good. It's integrated into the community college, but there's a lot more confidence, you know, seeing children speak their language, it brings out uh, a lot of um, positive things, you know, and I think it's healing. It's, it's very healing for our communities to have that back. I know there's been research done on simple things or certain things like suicide, you know, where just bringing back the language has helped communities. And those are things that plague a lot of indigenous communities, you know, but I think it comes from that displacement, that yeah. lack of identity in America, you know. So getting gaining that back is, um, I think, is powerful, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. So are you, uh, I know that the, whenever we're in, college that you were doing the uh with the fun run no not fun run it was the uh a language run uh, yeah language. sacred roots yeah sacred roots is is that uh, still going on or you still uh is that no it's, it's not as active now um after i left um didn't get picked back up it was a group that i was a part of co-founded in university of Montana called sacred roots language society. It was advocating for um, indigenous languages and we hosted uh, some conferences, uh, two conferences where we invited speakers from across the nation. Um, and we did a fun run in the 
ball time to to fundraise for that. But it was a lot of fun and a lot of work. I had a very hardworking crew of people who shared the same passion. And fortunately or unfortunately, we were all around the same time of graduating. And there was, you know, a, a lot of work for the next generation of people. But I think some someday it'll start back up. But as of now, it's on a pause, I should say. So, uh, you did, uh, I mean, you've definitely touched on this next question of how do you stay connected to your, uh, to your culture or what does it mean to you to be, um, Blackfoot? You know, uh, it could mean variety of things depending on anybody you ask, you know, um, I guess to me, uh, there's a difference. Being Blackfoot is one thing you can just simply have a, a, a descendant or enrollment card on you and tell you, tell somebody your blood quantum, you know. <laughs> but to me, being Blackfoot, Nitsitapi is really what it breaks down to. Nitsitapi is the word we use for real people, you know, that's what we call indigenous people. And being Nitsitapi, it's a day to day thing. It's a, it's a it's a lifestyle and an understanding you got to have or strive for. There's no such thing as perfection, you know. Um, in the English language, we, we, we've adopted a lot of customs from Europe, and there's a lot of Christianity within this English language. With that, I mean there's a good and an evil constantly. There's a line drawn, and on one side is bad, one side is good, and there's a constant conflict, right? Whereas in Blackfoot, the life, it doesn't have that good and evil. There's there's a balance that you strive for, but, you know, it's not a good and evil sense. It's There's a whole world of gray, you know. Um, so being Blackfoot is trying to understand the balance and striving to immense love, immense respect, you know, putting out positive things for future, you know, understanding the environment, how it works, but just being respectful and connected to everything, I think, is what it means to be Nitsitapi, being connected and in tune with your environment, with the people around you, the animals, you know. And I'm not talking about Pocahontas paint with all the colors <laughs> of the wind, you know, it doesn't, doesn't take anything very you know too spiritual you just have to be aware of all the life that's around us you know not neglect things um acknowledge the energies around you you know be respectful to them be respectful to your neighbors you know that's basically i think what it means to be blackfoot is being in tune with your surroundings being a part being human you know, mm -hmm. remembering how to be human in this technological, capitalistic, uh, capitalistic yeah. crazy world, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying about how the English language does have that good or evil. And that's, you know, black and white, like, you know, very, mm -hmm. but it is very Christianized, Christian, however you say it. It's very much <laughs> inspired by Christianity and uh I mean, I grew up like that with, I was raised Catholic and kind of having that idea of like guilt all the time and like, you have to be good, not bad, you know? So it's mm -hmm. kind of like, remind. I mean, yeah, 
when you just remember just to be grateful and respect others and just kind of find that balance like you said it's you would live a much more meaningful life <laughs> than just mm-hmm. good bad you know yeah being start. present being yeah. present in the moment you know time is a big thing time is a big stressor that we all have today but when you think about things in a different way be grateful you know in blackfoot the concept of time we got not to see the sun it comes in the morning and it sets in the evening we we acknowledge it when it comes in the morning, we smudge to prepare for, for the day to be balanced. And then when it's setting, we smudge and prepare for the night and hope the sun will rise again. You know, we're grateful for each day, but we don't stress about next week, next, next month, next pay period, when the bills are coming. You know, that's too far out. We work each day, you know, and enjoy and be in the moment in each day. And our prayers are what's for the future. You know, we pray so so that my great grandkids can live to be old. You know, and I might not ever be there to see that, but that's what my prayers are for. You mm-hmm. know, and what I do today will help with that. I'm not going to be wild and crazy like I used to be. I'm going to be in the moment and helping my family, my children. You know, so that someday. Two generations from now, my grandchildren, great-grandchildren can live to be old, you know. Um, and I think in this technology, we've gone for, to the point where we want instant gratification every time, mm-hmm. you know. And we forget so much about the moment, enjoying the little things in life, you know. When the season's changing and, you know, your kids are growing or whatever's going on. We're constantly stressed about next week or next month and forgetting to be right here, right now, you know. Um, as human people, like John Trudell said, we we're, we're forgot what it's like to be human, you know. So getting back to that as human beings, being empathetic, sympathetic, understanding to other people's, you know, um, being aware, respectful being loving right mm-hmm. yeah true that mm-hmm. I'm yeah. <laughs> but yeah exactly um could i could i hold on just one minute hold on. <laughs> oh, i'll I tell a it's... quick story about tony yeah um i went to boot camp in 2007 september 4 2007 i was shipped off to mcrd San Diego in a Marine Corps. And I went with, uh, there was a few Montana guys, but one of them was a Rocky Boy kid by the name of Alfred Morset. Ah. Tony's cousin. He ah. was my brother. He is my brother to this day, but I lost touch of with him. I don't know. We went to boot camp together and then Marine Combat Training. And then we went to MOS school and we were both in North Carolina, but two different places. And then we both picked overseas and I got uh, mainland Japan. He got Okinawa, Japan. And I was there 32 months, you know, I was deployed and stuff off and on. But I never seen him after that. I always wondered where he went. Aww. That's really cool that you met his cousin. Like what? Yeah. Uh Five years or so before you met Tony, then probably. <laughs> yeah, no, probably no, more like eight. Oh, okay, <laughs> nice. So, 
have you so you have you still haven't talked to him since then no um, you know when i got when i got a facebook i started searching i think i added every more set i could <laughs> ask about but Dang. one of these days one of these days it'll just happen yeah but the, the drill instructor he used to uh used to mess with us but he'd always say more city <laughs> and then one yeah, they thought I was Mexican. They always thought, you know, I was, I was every damn thing. And I was in the Marines. Mexicans thought I was Mexican and Hispanic or Asians thought I was Asian. But <laughs> I had this one uh, drill instructor. His name was, uh, oh, shoot, I can't. Uh, Masvidal. Drill instructor Masvidal. And he used to always tell me and when, when we'd eat, we'd have to carry our trays and would turn, would say, good afternoon, sir. And would turn in for like a week. I'd say, good afternoon, sir, and say, stop, DeRosier, what are you? And I'd be like, Native American, sir, go. And for like a week, he'd ask me, DeRosier, what are you? <laughs> what are you? Native American, sir. Then, then he'd say, what tribe are you? I'd no. say, Blackfeet, sir, and he'd oh. say, go. And then uh, at the end of boot camp, Morset had a question, and he said, Morsetti. He said, what <laughs> are you, Morsetti? And he said, uh, Native American, sir. And he said, what tribe are you, Morsetti? And he said, Cree. And he said, hello, DeRogier. Morsetti, are you two at war? <laughs> you know, I thought it was pretty funny. You know. uh, but, but yeah, you ran into different natives in the Marine Corps. It's yeah. crazy. How, uh, I guess um, that's a good question to kind of, or thing to ask you about, like, how was your experience? Uh, you said it was Marine Corps, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry, I lost. Oh, for you're a good. second day. You went out in space for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, my alarm kept going off about this <laughs> call. And I, hit oh. it. <laughs> and I always think you turn it off and it just rings like five minutes later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do the same thing. Well, uh, you know, I was a fourth generation veteran of the United States. My great grandpa and grandpa were both in World War II and was in the Navy. My grandpa was a Marine Corps sniper. My dad is in the Army. And me and my younger brother both went into the Marine Corps. Um, and a lot of people in there are, you know, family generations, you know. But when I graduated from Browning on the res, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. I, I wasn't ready for college. I knew that. And uh, I wanted to fight fire. Uh, so and at the time, 2007, Blackfeet were big into firefighting we were our hot shots were some of the best you know even the best in the nation at time but uh that's all the plans i had was really to fight fire and uh talk to recruiters i took the asvab and things like that and i decided you know my dad kind of woke me up to it he said you know you if you stay around here and ain't got much going on it's you know uh, but if you join the military, you'll get out for four years, see the world, and then help you in college. So that's a, that's the route I went. And, you know, I could see some people's experience. It's it's very varied. It's very different, you know, depending on what unit you get, the job you get, um, who you're around, what you're doing. Um, and I didn't really have the best experience. I didn't enjoy some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff. But I really, I really built connections with certain people, you know. Um, so I don't regret anything. I enjoyed the experience for what it was. But it's definitely not what a recruiter tells you, you know. Mm -hmm. um, 
Oh, I didn't see home for 34, 32 months. Wow. Um, I was bouncing around different countries, you know. And by the end of that, I, I wanted to be home, be free, you know. But it really gives you, it puts in perspective what freedom is, I guess. Um, so, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I, I definitely would. I mean, just because I can't change anything. But, um, yeah, it's definitely not as, not what a recruiter tells you. <laughs> they do whatever they can to get you on team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Team Marines or Army or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Make sure that, uh, well, all my family is, uh, on my dad's side has been in the, uh, like Marines, Army, Navy. Oh, yeah. Um, and they say that make sure whatever you sign is, it's what you want because once you sign it, they're yours yeah. or you're theirs. Yep. I mean, that's yep. the, probably the hardest. Sign your, yeah. Sign your life away. Be careful because, you know, you definitely, uh, it definitely uh, changes your life for sure, you know, good and the bad. You gain a lot of things, good and bad, habits, uh, whatever, you know. But um, I think I, I, I've done a lot of work with uh, veterans. It's, you know, veteran suicide is another big issue that plagues veteran communities, just like Native communities, underrepresented, um, the media negatively portrayed, um, marginalized groups. Um, but there's a lot of uh, resources out there that they don't tell you about when you're in or getting out. Um, and I've worked with Vet Voice, who's done a lot of great things. A shout out to them. But they believe in alternative healing for PTSD and traumatic brain injury through the outdoors. Oh, nice. Uh, and I know for any veterans who are going to be listening to this, there's always help out there. You know, um, I can even put the suicide hotline on my bio if needed yeah. but you know don't be afraid to reach out we're 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 people too you know mm-hmm. um check on your friends check on your family um and be grateful for those those people who have gave the ultimate sacrifice you know despite what war or what the political gain was mm-hmm. those people were fighting for their brothers and sisters next to them, you know. The cause that they were fighting for was to keep their brothers and sisters safe. So um, we should always remember to honor and respect the veterans. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we could uh, move on to our next question now. Um, so how do you navigate through this colonized space with your customs, language, traditions in mind? in order to succeed at your job, your field, hobby, passion? Well, I tuck my bleach cloth in my pants. <laughs> no. no, you know, you know, I'm from uh, Browning, man. You know, I don't got to hide too much there. <laughs> I mean, uh, my resume, my the high school in Browning, I, when I went through it, was like 90 some percent Blackfeet, you know, the 10% were other Indians or maybe some whites, you know. So, I mean, there's a lot of brown people where I'm from in Browning. And I'm Browning Indians, in right? What's that? The Browning Indians. That's your, yep. your mascots? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Browning. Browning. You got to say it like that. But, but over here now in Kalispell, it's definitely bringing me back 
like a culture shock, you know, mm-hmm. um, like when I moved, well, I was gone from the res for about 10 years, foreign military. And I worked for two years construction all over Montana, South Dakota. And then, um, when I went to Missoula, you know, I thought Missoula in, in, at the time it was very liberal and open and diverse, but, um, still it wasn't like being on the reservation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so now here I am again. And even though I'm pretty light in the winter months, I'm kind of the darker guy in the crowd at times, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I try, try to fit in, I guess. One thing I learned in the military is, um, observing your situation, your, and your surroundings and fitting in, you know, is, is, is best. Don't be too loud. I guess people who are too loud can be a target, but I, do take place and or take part in protests and public events, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying to not stand up for what you believe in, but uh, not stand out, I guess, um, unless you have to, unless you want to make a big point. Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes just being yourself is standing out enough, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. My family's darker than me, so I mean... We stand out already, I guess. <laughs> I try to just be respectful to everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, as a as a father and stuff, I am a protector, so yeah. if I need to, I can change it up. But I just try to fit in. You know? Yeah, kind of treat yeah. other people how you would want to be treated, kind of thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know. You can't expect respect when you're mean mugging everybody. So <laughs> greeting people, you know, yeah. telling people, hello, how's it going? Yeah. You know, visiting, being open, that's always all right. I mean, nothing wrong with being friendly. Right. Nice. Um, any other questions you want to ask before I ask the last one? So, uh, <laughs> I, you, I mean, I've seen on like your, your Facebook page that you make a, uh, make a lot of jokes about uh racism that's happened uh and that's like that's a, a good way to be is to uh make make fun of yeah. uh this kind of stuff the humor but, is a good tool yeah um could you uh just explain why you do that why why you uh think humor <laughs> is a, a good good medicine why do you make jokes <laughs> yeah. yeah well you know in this life, you can't take it too serious. We're all going to die in the end anyway, right? now. <laughs> I think uh, there's been just tragedy after tragedy. 2020 has been just, you know, if I can explain, say in one word, tragic, you know, with uh, the pandemic. But a lot of lives, you know, have been lost. A lot of families are hurting from, from that sickness. Um, you know, I've lost distant family members but also besides that i've experienced suicide another death this past year that's been just tragic you know and we can only post hearts and prayers and condolences so much you know i mean i pray every day i try to but i figure the best way to reach people out there in our country is so divided you know, from politics, media, and everything that's going on, there's been such a big divide. I trigger a lot of right-wing extremists on my page a lot, yeah. too. But the one thing I can do is laugh about it, 
you know, if I could poke fun even at self or at something else and make somebody laugh a little mm-hmm. bit or smile or LOL or whatever, you know, maybe they can go about their day in a little bit better way, you know, instead of thinking or grieving or suffering, you know, maybe it will ease that a little bit, that pain, you know, mm-hmm. because of Indian people were constantly, Blackfoot people, constantly teasing, you know. <laughs> I've been to funerals and wakes where people were just outright laughing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Ceremonies are the same way, you know. We, we tease and we laugh and joke and it's constant. We can't forget that. We can't forget that part of our culture and who we are. We can't be too pissing serious, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean... Not all of us are Iron Eyes Cody and we <laughs> walk here every now and again, you know, you can smile. Shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't always be like Victor and be stoic all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh nice, yeah. I agree with that. Humor is a great tool for like resiliency and just like oh, like yeah. I said, just not taking life too seriously. Yeah, and humor is a great middle ground too. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a way to re- to reach um, people across the aisle. You know, yeah. who you feel are so different than you. When you crack a joke and they laugh, that eases a lot mm-hmm. of the tension right mm-hmm. there. You know, disarms a lot of people because you know that's a human trait that we all have is that humor is within us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of other things that we've adapted to. Uh, you know, like racism and stuff, these things that we, we were taught and that we're ingrained to, but the things that are in, inside us as human people, we got to bring those out more, touch on those, you know, though that's healing for us mm-hmm. and laughter. Mm-hmm. Mm, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Mm. Good thing to bring up. Yeah. Good job. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I guess we can bring it to our last question. So what, Jesse, do you wish to let our audience know about your tribe uh, or your community or just what final thoughts in general do you want to leave us with? All right. Well, Balls in your court. I might. Oh, good. <laughs> Did you have one more thing to say? Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, no. She said that balls in your court. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Well, uh, you know, about my tribe, one thing I've seen a lot, especially through the media, likes to spin it this way, is how negative reservation life is and how negative reservations are. Mm-hmm. And I like, I'd like to see that perception change because for me, I love my community. I mean, don't get me wrong, I spent 10 years away, but in all that 10 years, I was representing my community and mm-hmm. doing everything I could to get back home, you know? Um, but when we leave our reservations, it's displacement, you know, and there's a lot of hardworking people on my reservation. I'm sure across every reservation, a lot of people who are, um, doing big things every day to change, change lives. You know, there's a lot of providers, not just men, women, indigenous women, there's no strength like indigenous women, you know. They've carried us through our darkest times and we should all step up. You know, we should all um, be a voice for especially MMIW and things like that. But our communities, we need to to start 
um, treating them better in our in the ways in we talk. You know, we got to stop with uh, the negative. You know, let's be positive. Our reservations are beautiful places. Mm-hmm. The people there are beautiful people, hardworking people. You know, um, so when it comes to my community, I, I love my community. I have a lot of lot of deep connections there. And, um, you know, I know I'm not the only one who, who feels that way. There are people who want to leave and things like that, but I guarantee those, those ideas change after experience in mm-hmm. other communities. Um, indigenous people were beautiful people, mm-hmm. resilient, strong, you know, resilient. Um, and we're here because of our ancestors' prayers, our ancestors who fought, you know. Mm-hmm. Some tribes never made it. Our ancestors, hey, if you've got any indigenous in you, your ancestors were strong. You know, they were medicine men. They were warriors. They were leaders. So we're here for that. Let's make it worth it, you know. Do we want to spend this life on the street in the dumps crying, you know, or do we want to spend it working on our next generation, you know, because we're all going to be gone one day. What are we going to leave behind? You know, how we're going to leave the world when when we're gone. What are our grandkids, our great grandkids, what they going to have, you know? So be strong, Um, be brave, be courageous, fight for what you believe in, you know, and uh, don't quit. There's a word in Blackfoot. Now, recent years it's been translated as try hard you know and it's really kind of a cheap definition of that word try so in the old days when warriors would be going out to, to battle or whatever they'd tell each other now what it meant was whatever you're doing you do it you see it through you go all the way be willing to give your life for whatever your cause is yeah. you know, don't quit you know, so if I'm, going, if I'm going to war and I tell you, hey, try hard. If not, we're all dead. You know, <laughs> your whole family's going to die. That ain't good. Persevere. Yeah. <laughs> it means you dig deep. Yeah. So, you know, carry that with your life. Try hard. Whatever you're going for, go all the way. You know, don't quit halfway. Go all the way. You know, be passionate about what you're doing enjoy what you're doing because if you're not passionate and you don't enjoy what you're doing in life you better die or something you know, you're doing it wrong what the hell are you doing maybe you have to you find know? a new passion yeah, yeah something you're more passionate about <laughs> yeah. i mean you gotta you gotta be life's too damn short to not be happy you yeah. know um nobody wants to go through life miserable if you believe in hell you can create it this life right now you know but on the opposite end if there's a hell there's a heaven right but indigenous philosophy perspective there's neither it's a balance you walk that balance you know try hard you persevere get through so if there's any last words that's what i'd encourage everybody whatever movement you're a part of whatever passion passionate about whatever job or career choice be true to it go all the way you know we're gonna get through this yes i love that that's very inspiring 
Don't forget to laugh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Stay motivated and don't forget to laugh. Um, yeah, that's what, I mean, we need during this time is those words. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for all, all that you said. And, uh, I feel more balanced, honestly, just having this conversation. <laughs> I really do. I think our audience will love it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, that's really good words, honestly, for us to like just keep on like with this work and getting people's voices out there, even though our audience isn't that big yet. But it'll, it'll grow. Yeah. It'll so, grow. So yeah. Thank you so We're much. We're getting out there. Yeah. We got we got some good uh, people coming up, like you. Exactly. I'm excited for. We've always had good people people on our Yeah. Everyone's great. Everybody is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It's thank been an you honor. for being on it. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes. And uh I guess we'll end the recording. End the recording now. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the episode. Uh hope you learned a lot. Hope you had fun listening to it. Uh, got a little bit of something out of it. Hope um, you feel more grounded after listening to it, because I did. Definitely, definitely. Um, so if you want to check out more episodes or uh, find out more about us, um, go to our website at www.asmudgeforyourthoughts.com. From there, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, and how to get in contact with us. Yeah, and if you or anyone you know would like to be on our podcast, um, you can fill out our simple form, which is found on that website as well. Um, we've also uh, put it on Facebook, so you could probably find it there too. Um, yeah, and you could also email us at contact yeah, at com And call me at, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. We already uh, get enough like spam calls from all over the place. I wouldn't know it was even a call from someone. Yeah. Uh, so we would like to thank Mary Kay for designing our logo. Uh, we want to shout out 8th Generation for this super cool, beautiful Confluence um, blanket uh, because we love 8th Generation. And if you either say 8th Generation, we'd love to interview you. Just kidding. But seriously. Um, anyway, yeah, and we'd also like to thank Okimaki Hugh, uh, the late Roddy Sunchild Sr., for the words in our song. He is uh, talking to me, giving me some uh, words of wisdom. Uh, whenever I was just a young boy, uh, he gave me those words uh, during my naming ceremony. So we'd like to thank him. All right, with that, Gigawabamin. Gigawabamin. That's what I said. I know. I was saying that too. Oh. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>